Welcome to Nicosia Uncut, produced and presented by Andromahi Sophocleus and Kemal Baykaldı. On the eve of Erdogan's visit to Russia, we analyzed Turkey through the lens of both domestic and international politics and comment on the ineffective Greek Cypriot reaction. And we also shed light on local politics on both sides of the divide, including the lack of coordination for the vaccination and crossings. Welcome to Nicosia and Kat. Hello, Kemal. It's been quite a while. Hello, Andromahi. I know, I know. It's summertime and finally we were able to see each other, um, although with tests and uh, uh, certain conditions, crossings uh, have finally been resumed and we managed to come together physically as well. Not now for this recording, but uh, it was a, it was a relief. Indeed, and I think we should soon make sure that we have a recording with physical presence as well uh, together. So we... It's so interesting. Everybody's following up with the color codes, with the number of cases and how many people have got, you know, have been vaccinated. It's so interesting that everybody's talking about these things nowadays. You know, it's summertime and people don't want to talk about politics, especially when it comes to Cyprus. It's even less uh, inspiring, I would say. So what do we have on our agenda? I think it can be summed up with Turkey <laughs> and, and the Anastasiadis' uh, government and his uh, lack of strategy, let's say. Let's start with Turkey then. Um, yes. July has always been a very difficult month for uh, Cypriots. Many nationalistic anniversaries on both parts of the divide rightly or wrongly for right and wrong reasons eventually things are getting you know more heated up and then the good thing about july is that not big people are paying a lot of attention to news i guess uh, they are in the mood for holidays but um, yes everybody is now talking about uh, turkish president erdogan will be in cyprus for the anniversary of the 20th of july 1974 and um, he had already announced that there is going to be a big announcement coming up and this led to many different speculations about what that big announcement could be. And those speculations included Varosha, included the uh, drillings and um, people have been expecting uh, another provocation. So we don't exactly know what kind of a provocation it will be. We know that it's going to be some sort of a nationalistic narrative coming up, especially when the Turkish side, combined with the current Turkish Cypriot leadership, has, has announced that um, they are not going for a federal solution anymore. And then their strategy is a two-state solution, which is not accepted by anybody in the world, um, not by the EU, not by the United Nations Security Council, not by the big powers. And um, we have heard different um, international actors warning Mr. Erdogan, telling him not to uh, use a very harsh narrative. And uh, knowing Mr. Erdogan, uh, I know that it will, in fact, uh, give him a boost for a harsh narrative. Now, whether he's going to come up with a very provocative plan for what's going to follow after his visit, it's another story. But we know that it is creating a perfect opportunity because EU has publicly made an announcement asking him to tone down his narrative, which we all know that this is going to give an opposite effect. And, um, and in fact, even yesterday, he made a statement about that, you know, Turkey is an independent country, they can do whatever they, they want. And, and um, 
probably this narrative will continue on, on the anniversary of the, of the 20th of July. And probably he might come up with some sort of a new opening for Varosha, inviting the, the, the owners of the, the properties to come and settle. And um, I don't know how this is going to be affecting people, how it's going to change the politics or not. But let's talk a little bit more about Turkey. We know that there will be a presidential election in Turkey in 2023. And according to the polls, Mr. Erdogan is losing against the mayor of Ankara and mayor of Istanbul if they are going to be the candidates in the second round. So it means that he needs to come up with something, a new trick in order to lure the nationalistic votes. But we know that the the, the scandals, the um, problems within his own administration and uh, the the fact that the economy is really in a very uh, bad condition uh, making things even more difficult uh, for Mr. Erdogan and of course let's face it I mean after so many years people are also fed up we have this entire generation who have never experienced any different leadership in Turkey and um, on one hand um, he has used all his cards in the past. He has used the FETO card. He used the, the Kurds, the PKK in the past. He used um, Syria, Libya cards in the past. And uh, Blue Homeland was this strategy with the deep state. Uh, I, I don't want to define all of them as Kemalists, but this clique which believes that Turkey needs to be more active um, internationally. And they come up with this uh, Blue Homeland strategy. So they've been trying to claim put their claim on everything around themselves. And they and he used them for some time. And I think this is also coming to an end. An economy is really um, not very promising. And on one hand, uh, these are happening. And uh, in, on the international scene, he needs to be at good terms with new U.S. administration. Um, he also needs to at least some sort of a, establish some sort of a stable relationship with the EU. So, and of course, he also wants to use uh, the NATO card. And it seems that Americans are trying to, uh, on one hand, giving him uh, the stick um, behind the doors, but trying to not to corner him internationally, publicly, uh, so that they can actually achieve some sort of a control over him. So what does it mean for Cyprus? For Cyprus, it means that the internationals are trying to contain Turkey in a way that he's not going to create further headache. And if this means that delaying a Cyprus solution or delaying addressing issues on in Cyprus or putting Cyprus in fridge um, to to postpone things, then they 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 wouldn't be they wouldn't mind um, delaying certain things for Cyprus. Uh, as well. That's how I see it. But of course, little they know, or they should know by now that this is this will not work. Because Ismet has always been a potential for problems for the EU, for the international stability. And more they delay, more problematic it will be. So I'll stop here and I'd like to hear your opinions. No, I, I always enjoy your, your analysis on Turkey. And uh, my, my perspective comes, you know, Erdogan, as you said, uh, he has been called to tone down his rhetoric. And in fact, he has toned down his rhetoric on a number of issues, excluding the Cyprus problem. I think that it is clear that uh, 
uh, Erdogan has chosen to set the Cyprus problem aside from his other uh, endeavors and the other issues of concern with the international uh, players. And the reason he has done this is that he wants to to prove to the international community, to the European Union, to the USA, that, you know, there is a problem with the Greek Cypriots and this is why things are not moving in that front or this is why I'm called to have the rhetoric that I have. But look at me, I am doing uh, attempts of de-escalation on the other issues. And we've seen this, for instance, uh, the Cyprus problem is absent from his discussions uh, with the Greek Prime Minister. So they, they met face to face and there was absolutely no mention of the Cyprus problem. My interpretation is that this is kind of a strategic decision by Erdogan, uh, which of course is cornering the Republic of Cyprus. It is isolating it from the international community because it is seen as, you know, the Cyprus problem is yet again seen as that thorny issue that does not allow development in a number of areas. And my greatest concern at the moment is how the Republic of Cyprus reacts towards everything that uh, Erdogan is doing. And in, in all honesty, I believe that uh, the Republic of Cyprus is suffering from a clear lack of a strategy, lack of, of, of a plan about how to tackle Turkish moves. I think we've, we've all kind of seen what is coming when it comes to Varosha. As you said, we expect Erdogan to make a call to the Greek Cypriot uh, legal owners in the first of city to return to their uh, homes under the Turkish Cypriot administration or to claim their homes at least from the IPC. But the issue is that the Republic of Cyprus government's response to this is the same old, same old. I, hear, I was listening to Mr. Anastasiades the other day. He was saying that the Republic of Cyprus has sent letters to the USA, to the Secretary General. He, they have made pleas to the European Union and it was like I was hearing an, uh, an 80s rhetoric. So it is evident that things are happening. New feta complete are established on the island, feta complete that will be very, very difficult to reverse. But the Republic of Cyprus government seems unable to respond to them. And it seems unable to find new ways of tackling the situation. And, it, uh, and I also noticed something very interesting in, in Anastasiadis' rhetoric lately. He constantly says that, you know, I, just like every previous uh, Republic of Cyprus president, we tried to solve the Cyprus problem, we failed because of Turkish intransigence, and what we see today is simply a result of this. So he's basically trying to excuse himself from everything that is happening. He's trying to say that th this development was kind of expected and it is a result of things that were beyond the control of the Republic of Cyprus. And in this way, he tries to absolve himself of responsibility. I think our audience knows that uh, we don't support this view. We, we have been very critical of the way the Republic of Cyprus president has acted numerous times. And in all honesty, I, uh, I am clear that uh, there were things that could have been done that the Republic of Cyprus has not done that have led to where we are today. But when you, have an, when, yeah. when you have an opposition, when you have a contrary like Erdogan, it is always easy to blame the other side. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't blame Erdogan for anything uh, happening around their lives and, and then uh, n n not uh, getting some sort of a sympathy? But of but course, and the, I the, think the, the, that... 
this is the strategy now, the short-sighted strategy, because they know that, as you said, they have Erdogan against them. So they can always sit back and say, look at what he's doing. I mean, what can we do? And this strategy actually works amongst the Greek Cypriot public. And that is where sort of rationality and strategic uh, views need to come in and say, okay, drop the pessimism and drop this sort of constant crying about what they're doing against us and let's draft a plan. Let's see how we can respond to this. And this is what is absent from the Republic of Cyprus uh, government. The problem is that you can come up with arguments for the internal consumption, but the international community is not buying it anymore. That's the problem because the international community, the EU, um, they have been present in the summits, they have been seeing the developments and they really are fed up with all the small details of the Cyprus problem which do not make sense to them. When they are looking from the outset, um, they just want to sort it out. And um, when there was this big opportunity missed in Cran Montana in 2017, I don't think that many internationals really understood what happened. And um, I, 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 yeah, some people bought the argument that it was Turkish intransigence, uh, but I think the ones who were involved, they realized that uh, it is not one-sided. And this is the problem. Regardless of how much you um, convince your, 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 your voters, It doesn't change the fact that um, the international community is not buying that argument completely. Hence, the, the current situation. And they just, instead of trying to, acti- to, to, to get involved actively to help solution of the Cyprus problem, they rather like to contain it as much as possible until they think that the stars are like, finally aligned, you know, this uh, cliche in, in the Cyprus talks, so that they can involve. But every time they find themselves involved with the Cyprus problem, they end up with a failure. And uh, instead of worrying who's really responsible for that, they just want to avoid it as much as possible, I think. Exactly. And uh, this is exactly the case now that uh, the Republic of Cyprus has been seen as hindering uh, the European Union and the international players for very long. And uh, I believe that this is a failure of uh, the Anastasiadis government. Having said that, though, I I also think that the Anastasiadis government is not interested in what the international players say. We've seen it in a number of cases, from the citizenship issue to the issue of uh, the Cyprus problem, that what they're interested in is simply internal consumption and domestic politics, and uh, uh, this leaves uh, basically the Cyprus problem just pending. Having said that, one would ask, okay, so what can the Republic of Cyprus do? And uh, here my view is that the Republic of Cyprus should understand that it should stop trying to convince itself that it can in any way uh, oppose Ankara's plans about the island by leaving the Turkish Cypriots uh, aside. I think the Turkish Cypriot community, it is high time that the Republic of Cyprus viewed the Turkish Cypriot community as the political, uh, politically equal uh, community as the 1960s constitution uh, provides. And uh, it is high time they, the government tried to reach out to the Turkish Cypriots. And uh, 
We had said this in our analysis of the failure of uh, Mr. Mustafa Kinchi to be elected uh, uh, in the Turkish Cypriot leadership. And we had said that he basically had no rhetoric uh, because with the collapse of hopes for and prospects for a Cyprus problem reunification and the solution, Akinci didn't have something to offer to his audience. And at the same time, we have also been very critical of the lack of intervention by the European Union in order to make the Turkish Cypriots feel that, you know, they belong in this wider European Union community. And my opinion is that if the Republic of Cyprus was true, Uh, about the Cyprus problem solution, it would try to mobilize the European Union uh, in order to allow itself to infiltrate more in the Turkish Cypriot community. The European Union can infiltrate if it uh, if it were allowed in the Turkish Cypriot community on a number of areas ranging from uh, environment to educational issues, just like we've seen that they are infiltrating with the issue of the vaccines that they are donating, that they are giving to the Turkish Cypriot community. So sadly, the Republic of Cyprus does not seem willing to reach out to the Turkish Cypriots and to offer them an alternative rhetoric. Can I try to answer this question of yours? Um, what should the Republic of Cyprus do? Three things. First, be consistent. Consistent in the sense that if you say that you are committed to a solution, Support it with deeds. And I'm not trying to put a blame, but, you know, there are certain things that everybody will understand whether you're committed to a solution and a peaceful unific- reunification and also reconciliation. And I think in many other, in, in many areas, such areas of cooperation were, in fact, uh, have, have been um, areas of, of blame game in the past. Number two, be transparent. If you think that this is what you want, say it. And if you are against something, say it again. Don't pretend as if you want it, but actually you want it the way you think it should be. Or you want it, but. Or you don't want it, but you say that you kind of want it if the other side doesn't want it. You know, these kind of things also making life difficult for everybody. And number three, don't miss the chances. Don't lose the opportunities when they arise. I mean, I can do a very right person to uh, strike a, a deal with. And then he was in power for five years. He was committed. He has proven himself to the Turkish Cypriot community, but also to the Greek Cypriot community. He also proven himself to the entire world that he really meant business. The opportunity was lost. So when you lose the opportunity, when you are not transparent about your intentions, when you are not consistent about your actions, then then the other side will find excuses to to abuse your your lack of ability to really draft a plan for for the long term. So for this specific action of Erdogan coming and making a statement in Varosha, uh, what should the 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 Republic of Cyprus do? You know, Anastasiades government should have done multiple things long time ago. And this is why we are critical uh, of him and we, we are criticizing him. And not because we are trying to uh, underestimate the, 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 the wrongdoings of other actors. Of course. And uh, number four, do not uh, liaise uh, so uh, evidently with the far right that wants to see the Turkish Cypriots erased from uh, Cyprus. And, uh, we and saw number the five, of- do not overestimate your power. 
in the international of course. and number six drop suggesting confidence building measures that you rejected 10 years ago and claiming that suddenly you saw the light because nobody from the international uh, community will believe you so we must yeah. explain our listeners <laughs> that we generally plan uh, our discussion be- for five ten minutes before we get into the recording but this uh, number list was not really planned it just uh, came out of our our minds and hearts uh, after so many years thinking about the cyprus problem and evaluating um on the other part of the world um in the northern part of the island <laughs> um we have this uh, minority coalition which is falling apart decaying smelling bad not handling anything at all party votes are taken over they cannot manage a shit. sorry for our language but this is currently the situation and so um the turkish cypriot tatar in the leadership and the, the turkish cypriot coalition right-wing coalition falling apart is not an agent anymore eventually this is another fear that the turkish cypriots are now faced with that you know somehow up until recently they were managing their own internal affairs and yes turkey has always been there but up to an extent uh, it wasn't involved in certain uh, parts of the life but this is not the case anymore um because you know we are really unable to to manage our own affairs with this current um unsuccessful uh, coalition and at the time when turkey is flexing its muscle trying to get the grip more in cyprus and this is not really very promising uh for for the turkish cypriots and of course it's creating a sense of resentment sense of disappointment a, a fear for their for for the future and um the only maybe uh, good thing that we can talk about the turkish cypriot community is that somehow we managed to contain the um the pandemic in a way that did not cost us many lives and we are getting vaccines from turkey and from um uh, eu via republic of cyprus and um so our vaccination rates are finally uh, rising but uh, every now and then whenever there is a fear about the numbers rising in turkey or in the greek cypriot community somebody comes up and says as though maybe might be needing to close the crossings and this should not be done really because it's not solving anything so this is the summary the latest summary in the turkish but, uh, politics i think we need to highlight what you said about the lack of a turkish cypriot agency from now on, because this is the problem that we are faced with because we see an unprecedented intervention by Turkey on any on every aspect of the Turkish Cypriot community and while the Greek Cypriots have been claiming for many years that the Turkish Cypriots are the puppet of Turkey we both know and we've said many times that this is not the case uh, but sadly we are slowly uh, witnessing the 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 lack of agency by the Turkish Cypriots no not at their own will but because as you said of Turkey flexing its muscles on the community the problem with the Turkish Cypriots losing its ability to become agency is because of multiple reasons first of all we have failed to establish a sustainable economy for ourselves for many different reasons when you are not integrated into the world economy when you are isolated 
with the fear of upgrading the status of the Turkish Cypriots, then you become more dependent to Turkey. And when you are becoming more dependent to Turkey, then people, ordinary people, start to fear for their salaries, for their future, and uh, and what kind of tomorrow they will be having. And of course, we are a small community. And the fact that despite all the pressures and all the dependencies, uh, we have elected Mr. Akinci, uh, should, not, should not be uh, underestimated. Therefore, I, I think we need to be realistic about it. I think Cypriots, majority of the Cypriots, also according to the polls, are willing to set up a common future. And I don't think that everybody is so much concerned about the details of, of such a plan. I think people they just want to live their lives. They just want to go to work, make money for their families. And um, and I think they will be okay to live in a multicultural uh, geography. This is the case for each and every country nowadays. Um, no country is purely a specific ethnicity, a specific community. And then people got used to working and living and, and sharing power with different communities and groups within the country. So the problem is, of course, is that we are still we, we are stuck with the old narratives, and eventually the ones in the Turkish Cypriot community who promise a different future f- to the community got the votes in the past. But as you rightly pointed out, if this is not happening, people are now, of course, worried and, and afraid that their future will be at stake in the middle of a pandemic. You know, what would they do? So this is, I think, the summary of it. And um, I think uh, what we need to do is continue talking about the issues transparently and investing in the youth, as we always do uh, as activists, and uh, continue keeping the dialogue channels open and try to voice out the, the, the reason, the reason which makes sense. And, uh, you know, as you said, uh, keeping dialogue channels open, I think just before closing, we should also mention something about the issue of collaboration concerning uh, vaccinations. And we saw that the crossing points were open, but we are still waiting for uh, coordination on uh, recognizing the vaccines that are offered on both sides so that the vaccinated people can cross the crossing points without uh, the safe pass, without having to show either a PCR or a rapid test. Having said that, we, we should also let our audience know that uh, there should be uh, an attempt about uh, in order to make sure that the Turkish Cypriots that were vaccinated with the vaccines that have been donated by the European Union, they need to have access to the digital pass of the European Union as well. This is something that has not happened. So just to put it in context for our audience, a Turkish Cypriot who has the Republic of Cyprus ID, let's say, or a Turkish Cypriot who lives in the north, the only way for them to have a vaccine was through through the, the authorities in the Turkish Cypriot community. A lot of them 
uh, had the vaccines that were donated by the European Union through the Republic of Cyprus. But these people are now unable to have access to the digital European pass that allows all European Union citizens that were vaccinated to travel all around uh, the EU without the need for quarantine or any PCR test or anything. And as, as we know, Kemal, and correct me if I'm wrong, there, is, there has been no solution on this issue yet, right? Nothing yet. Uh, we expect the Bicommunal Technical Committee uh, to come up with uh, some sort of a, a plan, a roadmap. But I think with the relief people um, got after the initial crossing started, the pressure uh, has uh, went down, uh, pressure went down a little bit. And I think they're just delaying. So they should be really focusing on this as well. This is an area where the internationals and the embassies in Cyprus can also become more instrumental trying to ask questions and, and then show way and encourage uh, sites to come up with a solution on that. And that would be really a good uh, confidence-building measure because in, in the Cyprus uh, context, confidence-building measures have always been about very big things. So if you do something that touches the, the lives of the people, that would be very useful. And uh, also on that note, happy birthday, Andromahi. And uh, we've been... Uh, together for so many years as activists uh, under various heads uh, for the good of this country. And uh, yes, there are good times and bad times and, uh, and good memories. And uh, I think at least we have uh, we are having good memories for ourselves that we can tell something that we can <laughs> tell um, to other people in the future. And speaking of memories, these are the days that uh, we were in Kramontana four years ago. So, uh, speaking of memories and traumas. <laughs> well, you know, there was this idea of talking about on the fourth, uh, fourth uh, anniversary of Kramontana to talk about a bit. But I think, uh, you know, uh, we, people are fed up with the Kramontana um, yes. uh, memories. But maybe in the future we can maybe discuss uh, what we've missed and what could have been done in the in the last four years had we agreed on 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 a deal on that. But uh, some other time. Yes, because we are mostly focused on uh, looking to the future, and I think that this is the way to go. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much, Kemal. Thank Enjoy. you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to us.